Let's Glow with best-selling author and skin healing expert, Hannah Salito. On today's podcast, I'm talking to a goddess. Not self-titled, she's quick to assure me, although she does believe, like I do, that all of us hold an inner goddess. Ayamiko received her moniker thanks to popular news channel BuzzFeed. It's not the only place that her story has featured. She's appeared in magazines, films, television shows and newspaper articles all around the world. Thanks to her skin, which she wears like a beautiful artwork. I connect with the vitiligo goddess in her Louisiana home. We're chatting via Skype. Her six children and grandchildren are running in and out the room. The house has got this beautiful, vibrant energy. And it's no surprise. It's an energy she herself carries and has done for many years in dealing with a very visible skin condition. After a full day caring for her family, she dedicates her time to her passion and purpose which is to reach out and help other people experiencing similar issues. If you've ever been in a position where you felt down and ashamed and embarrassed about your skin, please listen to today's conversation because I just know that it will inspire you to consider things a little differently. Hannah Salito's natural skincare range is available to order now. Featuring a skin soothing spray, scar minimizing oil, hair care, teas and tinctures. It's the natural solution to support your skin healing journey. Order now at hannahsalito.com. Hi, Amico. It's so nice to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got to go as quiet at home because I got all the kids. Um, well, grandkids are here. I read that. You're a grandmother at 40. <laughs> yes. Well, please don't feel like you have to find any quiet space on my account. I love the chaos. <laughs> my son telling me to get out my house, <laughs> to get out the living room. <laughs> <laughs> it's his space too. So we'll forgive him that. It's fine. It's fine. I love it. I'm just so thankful to be able to talk to you today and to learn from you because you know, the one thing that massively stands out on your Instagram page is your beauty and your confidence and just this shining personality in living with a visible skin condition like vitiligo. And you know what? I wasn't, I wasn't always where I am now. And I used to cover for 12 years because I'm actually, I'm 40 and I've had vitiligo since I was 25 years old. So I grew up, you know, a black woman and then I'm an adult and then my, I get a spot, then I get another spot and then it just started like changing. I posted on my TikTok, like the evolution. I need to post it on on, on, on Instagram because I haven't yet and they're going to be like super shocked, but I post the evolution of how my vitiligo transformed into the way it is now and like over the years it's going to continue to transform because i have universal vitiligo because i don't think a lot of people know that there are different types of vitiligo and so i have universal vitiligo to have segmented vitiligo where you only like i know one of the little girls that i was in a movie with she only has it on her eye and it never it's nowhere else but just right here on her eye And a lot of people think that vitiligo is a disease 
And in the medical term, they consider it a disease, but I don't I consider it a condition because it doesn't hurt me or affect me anyway. Besides, like when I'm out in the sun, I can get sunburned because of the lighter skin. I have no melanin on that part. So what vitiligo is, is an autoimmune disorder that causes white patches to form up on the skin because the cells that make up the color of your skin, they are basically like deteriorating, you know, they're dying. It took me some time to learn more and to embrace myself more. I used to write myself little notes on the mirror in the mornings. And when I would brush my teeth and get ready for work, I would recite them to myself every day until it got in my soul. And then one day I woke up and I was just like, I can't, it took me an hour and a half to do my makeup every day. And I was just like, I live in Louisiana, it's scorching hot. I'm, I'm wearing all this makeup because I would have to put Derma Blend on. And then I had to put two different colors. So it was kind of thick. It was, it was really thick. And then I used to have to put my foundation. I used to have to set it. Then I used to have to blend it, contour it. You know, all the things we got to go through in doing makeup. And I was just like, I'm, I can't do this no more. This is, this is exhausting. And I'm going to have to accept myself for the way I was created or I'm going to live a life of misery. And I was not having it. (laughs) (laughs) So do you remember the, the turning point for you, the moment that changed? My husband, boy, at the time he was my boyfriend and he didn't even know that I had vitiligo. Like when we first started dating, I, I would cover it and hide it from him. And one day he popped up at my house, like unannounced. I didn't have no makeup and I didn't even like realize that I didn't have no makeup on. And he was just like, uh, you got that in your face? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I don't got no makeup, you know? And he was just like, what? I ran and he grabbed me and he was just like, wait, you so pretty? Why are you covering that up? And I was just like, because uh, I want to. And plus, I didn't think that you would find me attractive if you saw me like this. He was like, what? I like you even more. <laughs> and then I kept, but I kept wearing it after that. Like certain t- I like when I was home with him, I would, I wouldn't wear it. And then he was like, if people don't like you the way you are, that's on them. He was like, you're beautiful. And I want you to be completely and totally you. So if they don't like it, that's their problem. And did you find people would be rude to your face? I know from personal experience, I've heard the comments and the things that people can quite cruelly and unthinkingly say. Did you experience that side of things as well? Um, Yeah. Like when we were walking the store, people would be looking at me like when I first uh, initially started to like show my skin, I walked in with no confidence. So I'm walking the store. And I'm like this. I'm like, I'm just trying to stay out the way. Let me go get my stuff. And nobody tell me nothing. I'm not going to look up. And people will be looking at me. I'll be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, 
like sometimes I would get angry and I would get angry and I would uh, be like, what you looking at? And they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Because I guess I gave off that, like, uh, we call it like that black woman, like, don't F with me. <laughs> Look, <laughs> like, don't F with me. Like, the like don't, don't mess with me. And whenever I started to accept it and I started to, my confidence began to build more. When I walked in a place, I was smiling like, hey, you know, hey. And then those stairs, they they stopped. I had maybe had one or two, but but when I led the room with confidence, when I when I led with love, and he told my my fiance told me something at the time. He said, "You can't live your life angry," because he was just like, "If you you're gonna get high blood pressure, you're gonna get a heart attack." Because you're always having to, you know, you're angry and you're always mad because somebody looks at you. But he was just like, he got a mirror and he showed me me. He was like, this is beautiful. Okay. But this is a lot for other people and especially people that don't know. So how can you get upset at people if they don't know? They probably, he asked me, how many people have you met? When you first find out that you have it, or like, oh, how many people had you seen that look like you? And I was like, well, I had a cousin, um, and she covered hers up. And then I saw Winnie Harlow. I was like, well, really, like two people. And he was like, okay, well, they probably never saw it at all. So that is your time not to be angry, but that is your time to educate them. Did you ever look into or consider treatment for your skin? They, when I went to the dermatologist and got diagnosed with that vitiligo and then I would get little checkups, they told me about a thing called pulva. I guess it's a little light that, but it can cause skin cancer. So it's like, why would you offer me something that could potentially give me something that could kill me? And then they offered me like these, um, these uh, steroid creams. And I'm like, I'm not putting no chemicals on my skin. Um, he was like, well, if you don't want to take any of that, I mean, there's no cure of it. I like, oh, so the only thing I can tell you is um, put some sunscreen on when you go outside in the sun and protect your skin. I was like, well, okay, well, that's what I'm going to do because I'm not putting all those chemicals and I'm not bleaching my skin. I have universal of it. Like, oh. So eventually my whole body will be white. Maybe I'm 40, so I'm thinking like maybe about 80-ish. <laughs> when you do notice it it's spreading, is that within days or weeks or months? When I when it first started at 25, it like the first year, um, it started moving really fast. And then like every other year, it just got faster and faster and faster. And then now I notice, like, this right here is a new spot that I got, like, this year. So every year it evolves, it changes, I'll see it. It was tiny. It it done grew a little bit. Uh, it done got a little bigger now that I noticed. 
But I, it's like I am so in tune with my body because I have to be because of vitiligo. So I notice every spot. And some people might not pay attention, but I feel like my body is my vessel. You know, like, and I, it's, it's like my crown. So I got to freak, I keep track of what is going on with it. You know, you speak about your body and your skin with such authentic positivity and confidence. Was it always like that? It's like, I don't like, it was time where it was dark for me, you know, my emotions, my mental health, you know, was affected. And I was always sad all the time and scared. I went through every emotion that you can freaking think of. So when I finally got to that confidence thing, I was like, you know what? Let me tell you, I'm going to own every ounce of this confidence and nobody is not going to ever bring me that low that I would want to take my own life again because life is beautiful. You know, it is what it is as far as, you know, the skin goes. But as I started looking at, you know, I'm not just vitiligo. You know, I'm an African-American woman. I'm a mother. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm about to be married to an amazing man who loves me unconditionally. My family, um, I have all together is six of us. And my, my parents have been married for 43 years. So I've had nothing but just love around me. I cannot live my life in misery. And the people around me, they just not going to let me just Girl, my daughter be like, mama, I saw, your, I saw one of the pictures you post on Instagram. Girl, you bad. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> she said, I'll be showing my friends and they be like, your mama is so freaking pretty. Like the boys that they date, <laughs> they be end up liking me. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes my two girls so mad. <laughs> <laughs> they must genuinely feel so super proud, though, to have such an incredibly confident mum. Do you feel as though you can use that confidence to help others? I do. And, you know, like so my friend was telling me the other day, she was like, you need to post some of these things. And sh But, you know what, I feel like I don't want to violate people's privacies. Because I feel like if they are, uh, they trust, they feel like they trust me to be vulnerable with me. So I don't want to, you know, share those. Maybe one day I'll put it in a book. But like, I just got on a, on a platform, TikTok, you know, it's, and that's the new little vibe. And um, I like when I first got on TikTok, because I got on February. Now I have 127,000 followers. And I have all of these kids that like come to me and they have me in tears at night because that's my, the, the at night is my, is my mommy time. Cause I, like I have my little mommy and me time and I'm the kids, everybody is the house shut down and that gives me time to get on my iPad and I go check my messages. I don't think that I'm too big or too popular. I feel like if, 
if I'm going to influence, and some people get that misconstrued, they, you know, I'm an influencer and, oh my God, I'm Bob and I, you know, and then they forget about the audience that created them. So I'm a regular person at the end of the day, a human being. And I feel like how I connected with them is how I keep, I'm going to keep them. When God gives us such a huge uh, platform, I feel like we are supposed to be of service. My life is supposed to be of service because this is like big. Not everybody gets this opportunity. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to actually be an influencer. Okay, young kids. <laughs> and I, I read their messages. Like I had this one little girl, I'm going to send you the message. Um, she talked to her parents and she said that she was bisexual. And she said that her parents threw her out the house and made her go live with her grandmother. And she was just like, I'm, I'm up here all alone, away from my brothers and sisters. And I feel so lost in this world, like I'm not a part of my family. And she was like, I literally had a knife because I was going to slit my throat. And she was like, I saw one of your videos and I'm going to send you the video. And she said, I put the knife back in the drawer and I said, I'm going to be 18 soon and I'm going to just live the best life I could live. She was like, you inspire me so much. I had kids, like kids and they, and they hurting so bad. Oh, I have vitiligo and my parents, um, are te- taught, told me that I should be ashamed of it. And they're putting creams on me and it's burning my skin. Like I literally had a freaking FaceTime with this little kid, this little girl's parents. They was teaching her to be ashamed of her skin. I was crying. And I was telling them, like, how dare y'all not let y'all child be who she is? This is the defining moment when you teach her right now to be confident. Because I know three-year-olds that got better like when they are confident. It's like this little girl named Peyton Attention on Instagram. Her mom name is Salima and I met her because I mean her. She was my on-screen daughter in a movie that I did called Beauty Marks. Um, this and and then another little girl named Maya, like they was confident as I don't know what. Like, and for for she was like, you know, I'm white because what people don't know is any race can give it a like. It's just more prominent in darker skin. And the little girl was white. And she only had it on her shoulder. And her parents was making her wear shirts to color it. And she was like, I'm going to, when I go back to school, she said, I'm going to wear short sleeves and I'm going to show my skin and I'm going to be proud of it. You make me feel so confident. I, I think I cry too much because I be so happy that they, they see me. And that makes them feel good to be them. And I feel like I don't need to be famous or any of those things. I'm, I'm famous in love and I'm famous in confidence and I'm helping people. I never had nobody to help me. So the fact that I am helping other people 
that is like, seriously, I'm blessed. I feel so happy to be able to just change people's lives. It's just the best feeling in the world just to see them smile. Like I had a girl on Facebook and she has uh, three boys and I message her, I text her and I encourage her. And this month is a world of the LIGO awareness month. And girl, she posted herself with no makeup and she is inspiring other people. I called her last night and was like, girl, I am so freaking proud of her. And I told her, you know, she was like, do people still message? She asked me last night, do people still message me and call me names? Because like people would message me and call and send me like a whole bunch of cows. They would tell me to kill myself, that I was ugly. I was scum. So she was asking me last night if I still get those messages. I said... No, but I probably do. But when I f- see the first letter and it's the first like couple of sent words and it's negative, I ain't reading it. I'm not sowing that negativity into my spirit. So, and then I, what I love about TikTok is it lets you put in keywords to block that out. So I blocked out the word cow. I blocked out the word move. <laughs> I blocked out everything that I think that they going to say. I blacked it out. Do you feel sometimes as though it was your life's intention, for want of a better expression, to battle and to struggle with such a visible condition as part of your true passion and and purpose? I got a saying, it says, perfectly painted with a purpose. That's my little hashtag. Like, it was my purpose. It was destiny. For me to have this condition. It had to be. I got it at 25. <laughs> like it had to be. And the way that it transformed. Like it had to be. It is just my destiny. And then I I told um, the girl last night, Danielle. Like I literally don't have to search for opportunities. And then some people will be like, why you don't got a publicist? You need to get a publicist or you need to get some money to help you. Or why aren't you signed to anything I'm, so you can get opportunities? I'm like, I don't need to do none of that. They come to me. <laughs> like It's like God just guides them right to my path. Not everybody gets those opportunities that have been like, oh, there are people who just every day just, you know, citizens and just human beings. But I actually get to get a platform, so I use it for good because I feel like this is what God meant for me, you know? I think it's so important, isn't it, to really value and appreciate being given that platform. And I guess changing the subject slightly, that's that's what I found so difficult over the past week is that you know, I am in this position where I have a platform. I can do so much good with it. And that's what I strive to do every single day. And all of a sudden, there's a subject that I find difficult and, you know, that isn't within my comfort zone. 
but I feel like I don't want to ignore it. I, I feel like I can do more good in the world by trying to learn and listen and understand. And so we have to acknowledge what's going on in the world at the moment. It feels like this incredible global change. And I just wondered what your take on it was. Why do you think that George Floyd's story is having such an incredible impact? I've seen worse than what happened to Floyd here in America on video. I mean, I've seen them beat people to a pulp. Like, bleeding out of their eyes, mouth, nose. I mean, look at the Rodney King beating. I mean. So why is the international response to George Floyd so different? Because people are really tired. They're really tired. People make our... I mean, we're in a different time. We're in 2020, people. Okay? And like never before, and I and I, this is my assumption. I feel that you know, Caucasian people are seeing what Black people are creating. I think they see the wealth that is generated. Um, I was I was listening to this uh, podcast, and this lady was saying that she had saw. Uh, a study that um, it was this man's job to study African-American spending. And when, and when the man went to study African-American spending for a year, he came back and he told the people, these African-American people are woke. They are not spending their money with us anymore. And I think it's starting, like we're creating, you know, it's been a long time. Like every time black people create something, they give us a little bit, give us a little bit, give us a little bit, and then they would take it away. Like the bombings in Rosewood, the the massacre in Tulsa, when this whole, this it was this entire Black communities, entire black city, they had created wealth in one city for themselves. They went in that city and dropped bombs on these people for creating wealth for themselves. It's like we're human beings, like leave us alone. Like, just like you, okay, I may have like a darker tone, but I have a heart, you have a heart. I have eyes, have ears. I'm human. Just my skin is darker than yours. I feel, I hurt, I'm sad, I'm happy. I, 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 my body does everything your body does. So why don't I deserve what you have? Here in America, the white man feels like they have to be in control of us like they freed us from slavery but it they make us feel like they still have a hold they st- even though they they gave us the freedom it's like they got us on a leash and they're they're saying like okay if y'all go too far i'm gonna pull y'all back y'all can't go too far because i'm gonna pull y'all back we're not animals 
Like, let us live our lives. We're smart. We're amazing people. And we, and I can say this, out of all the races, we embrace people into our community. And we try to make people feel included with us because we know how it feels not to be. You mentioned at the start of our conversation today that your vitiligo continues to spread. So you continue to lose more pigment in your skin each year. And I can't help, but the thought can't help, but, but cross my mind in everything we're talking about, whether or not you feel people are going to treat you differently once your skin is white. Probably. Because people ask me, are you white or black? And I'd be like, why? And they'd be like, I, well, I just want to know. And one day I was just like, I'm going to say I'm white. I want to see what they're going to do. I was like, oh, I'm white. And he's like, well, why you got all that brown on you? I was like, oh, I was just born like that. I don't know. It's like, oh, my God. It's just so sad that you got to be black. You have to have the black stuff on you. The little kids see me in the store. They think I'm white. And they be like, mom, why she got all that black stuff all over her? I be like, why you can't ask your mama why I got all this white stuff all over me? <laughs> but they automatically just assume. I met, they had a video that came uh, about this little girl. Um, she was, her parents were telling her um, that the reason why Floyd or George Floyd got murdered was because he was committing a crime, which we end up finding out that he wasn't committing the crime, that the money wasn't even fraudulent. Okay. And her parents were telling her that, well, if he wouldn't have been committing a crime, then he would have never got murdered. And the little girl was like crying and she was like, she was white. And she was like, that's not right. Don't say that. Nobody deserves to die like that. And then you got all these little videos popping up of these little white kids saying, you know, my parents are racist. I, this one little girl was like, I hate living in Louisiana and being around all these racist people. These kids have are in schools with these kids and they're, they do not want to connect with that. They have the most fun. They love our culture of dancing. They have this thing where they want to embed this racism into their kids. And these kids are rebelling. And they're saying no. Because I got black friends at school and they're cool. And I want to freaking hang out with them. And I'm not freaking dealing with that. I'm No, mom. It's wrong. And it's like they, the kids are having conscience. It's so freaking beautiful just to see. But, you know, this is amazing on so many levels because that inspires me with hope that the next generation are going to be different. Yes. Yes. And I hope that I am here to see it. I, yes, that's what I said. I said that. I said that to my friend. I said, so that means in the next decade, these kids is not going to be having it. And be loving one another and embracing one another. And our kids and their kids are going to have opportunity. And that's amazing. 
It's amazing. I'm so glad to see all the people, arm in arm, different race, come together. I watched a video that made me cry so hard and that touched my heart. It was of a whole city. They had a highway. Every race. And I, I think I see more white people than black people. They were all face down on an interstate. The whole interstate was covered in people and they were all face down with their hands behind their back. I was just like, it's really going to change now. We're really going to be able to be free and to be who we are. And that's all I want for my kids, my grandkids, because I worry so much as an African-American woman, like forget vitiligo, you know, about my sons, you know, my son, they're older. My son is 18. And then my other son is 23. He asked me to use my car and go to the store, you know, and then he bought his own car. And I have to have this conversation with him and I have to say, listen, there might be a time when you get put over by the police. This is what I need for you to do. You know, and I don't want to have these conversations with my kids or when they go somewhere and I got to worry if they're going to come back home. You know, I just tell them, do whatever they say, put your hands on your steering wheel and don't say nothing. Say yes, yes, sir. No, sir. And be like, well, mom, what if I didn't do it? I don't care what you didn't do. I, I need you alive and back home to me. I don't know what I would. I would lose my mind if I saw what happened to Floyd or Breonna Taylor or Ahmaud Arbery happened to one of my kids. I don't even understand how these people, how these ladies, these women, because I'm a mother, are sane. If I lost one of my kids. I like I carried them for nine months, and you got that's what you got to understand. These mothers, they carry these kids for nine months in their wombs and their bellies, and then they got to you want to bear you want your kids to bury you. You don't want to bury your children. That's life cycle. Your kids bury you. You know, I couldn't imagine if I had to bury one of my kids. I would be insane. And it's not, it's it just not, and it's a, it's like normal. It's like, it's normalized burying your kids. That's not how things go. Even, even now while we're protesting, there are some police that are actually still committing police brutality. And people are filming it. And they are getting arrested and fired. That's change. They're holding them accountable. You know, it's like, we don't want them to lose their job. We need the police. We need the police to protect us. We need them. You know, they think we hate them. We don't hate them. We want them to keep us safe. That's what they're there for, to keep us safe. Because they're everybody is not nice. Some people just possess evilness. So we want them. We, we do not hate them. We love them. We want them to be here. We just don't want them to be evil like the people that they're supposed to be arrested. You understand? I feel like I'm trying to understand, but speaking honestly with you, 
I come from such a, a place of white privilege that has only really been highlighted to me this week. Can I truly understand, you know, what does it feel like? What does racism like that feel like in everyday life? Like we can a restaurant, me and you, right? And it could be like, you know, a fat, a, a, a beautiful restaurant. All right. And I can go and they can have one table left. They're going to give it to you, not me. Period. And I could have came before you, but they're going to give it to you, not me. And they'll, they'll, you know, say, well, you know, we'll give you free food for you to go home. You know what I'm saying? They'll make up a lie and say it's your anniversary. And <laughs> like, I work at the restaurants, like, and I've seen it done, like, in casinos. Like, like, there was one table left and a black couple came and a white couple came. And I was like, you know, well, the black couple, they were here first. These people were here first. And then the, the manager comes in the back. And, and and tells the black people that the, the, the restaurant is going to pay for their food if they could take it to go. These people are celebrating their anniversary. I'm like, no, they not. No, they not. I'm like, this is freaking trifling. And I quit working there. I don't want to work around people who act like that and treat people like that. I mean, I guess they thought they'd give them a favor because they gave them free food. But how you know how special that night was for them? What if the man wanted to propose to the woman or something? And then if we if we start saying, no, I was here first and we get loud, we the angry black people. But if the white lady do it and she says, no, man, my husband was here first. Like if the shoe was on the other foot and it was a white woman and the black people in the back and she got irate. Oh, we're sorry. She's not an angry white woman. She's just upset because she was wronged. But if I yell and I get upset, I'm an angry black woman. I'm just mad like she mad. <laughs> <I'm not laughs> I don't understand. Like. Like, I'm a whole different breed of person because I'm just upset. I can get upset just like you can get upset. Like, don't try to classify me in this, like, box. You know, like, it's just, I'm so glad it's, I, I'm, it's changing. <laughs> People are not playing. And I need them to continue that. Have that energy. Keep that energy. And even though the the four officers were arrested and the guy that killed uh, Ahmaud Arbery, they are arrested too, the son and the, and the father, they are arrested. The officers are not arrested yet for Breonna Taylor, but yesterday was her birthday. She turned 27 yesterday and it was beautiful to see everyone, um, all different race, just celebrating her birthday, singing happy birthday to her in a big group. Like, girl, I have never in my lifetime, I'm 40 years old, Four decades, never seen nothing like this before. And like at first, I started off really mad when I saw the Floyd video. I was just like, white people, like them, they better not tell me nothing. They better, I wish they have a, a, one attitude with me. If they have one attitude with me, I'm going off on them. I don't want to talk to them. I, that's how I felt on the inside. I was so angry. 
And then these people coming together, they removed it and they put love in. And now I see, I just can't be mad anymore because I see this as the biggest change of all. Like this time, it's really going to work. I believe that. Countries from all over the world. They are over here, over there, like standing up for us. Oh my God. I get chills. This is so freaking amazing. Honestly, I'm getting chills for you. I feel like we're just on the verge of something, like something is finally changing. Because people are tired. They don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with that no more. They got too many black friends and they having a good time with them. <laughs> Oh, my black friend. I've never seen so many interracial couples before. We want to love who we love. And that's just on period. And like, like, especially with the LGBTQ community, like everybody want to be them. Like I be telling these little kids on there, like, just be who you want to be, period. And don't let nobody tell you that you can't be who you want to be. I can't tell y'all how to behave. Like, I'm not going to tell y'all to go to y'all parents and, like, go off on them. I'm going to say to you, you have to follow their rules because they're your parents. And I only all I can do is give you advice. But I'm not going to tell you to go and be disrespectful to your parent. But when you make 18, girl, you leave, you go to college, you love who you want to love. If they want to be a part of your life, then that's fine. If they don't then that's just on them. But I don't understand how a mother can carry a child for nine months and disown them. You you want to push your kids to the side because of who they want to be. I just don't understand that. That's contradicting yourself. Because I couldn't create something and throw it away because of what it chose to, to do. So I show all of them love. Just be who you want to be. And if they don't like it, it's no surprise to me that with your kindness and passion and beautiful aura that so many thousands of people reach out to you and without adding to that workload as you navigate this passion and purpose where can people contact you on social media what's your your name on social media it's vitiligo goddess I was on this, uh, and how I came up with that name was because everybody be asking me, they be like, girl, you call yourself a whole goddess? I'm like, girl, no, like, I did not call myself a goddess. BuzzFeed did. Uh, okay, BuzzFeed said, I, they, they named the most beautiful people with an Aligo, and then they called me a goddess. So, I mean, I have to take it. <laughs> I believe all women are goddess. Uh, we are, though. Them men can't carry no baby for no nine months. They be crying if they stub they toe. <laughs> Hiya, Mikey. It's just been, this has just been such a beautiful conversation. Laughter, tears. I feel like I've learned so much. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking time out to share your story with me today. Uh, I, re- I really enjoyed this conversation. And then, you know what? Uh, also, I wanted to tell you before we go, people come to me and ask me to do things, but yours was so special be- because you came in 
and you led with love. And I was just like, I I was busy, but I was like, I'm gonna be unbusy for this because you led with so much love and respect. Thank you for that. Thank you. Radiant is Hannah Salito's best-selling book, featuring all the information you need to get started, a dedicated 28-day plan, and over 100 recipes to heal skin from within. Order now at hannahsalito.com, via Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith, or your local independent bookshop.